Too many people want to go viral instead of go value. Too many want it to be just immediate instead of something that is built on like a firm, longstanding foundation. When you build a brand that has the roots underneath it to stick, that's when you start to see success through significance. Welcome to Evolve Leadership, the arena where high-achieving leaders are challenged to redefine their limits. My name is Angus Nelson. I grew up in the United States, and I now live in Lisbon, Portugal. I'm an executive coach, and I've spent my career advising and training leaders from startups to Fortune 500 companies. And here's what I've learned. An old, ineffective leadership framework will always keep you on a hamster wheel, consumed with work-life balance, burnout, and stress. Here on the show, each week we'll help you rethink the path to achievement. We'll help you discover new principles, new philosophies to the modern leader. Look, the world is relentlessly changing, demanding a new era of leaders. It's time to redefine your limits. So enter the arena, my friend. It's time to evolve. Well, welcome to the show today. I am extremely excited for you because on this show, we're going to be interviewing uh, George B. Thomas, and he's one of our members of our mastermind uh, with the Apex Mastermind, and he's going to share his story. For those of you who maybe are struggling at the company you're at, you're thinking about starting your own thing, you're going to hear his story of how he did that. You're going to hear about how uh, he manages people. Uh, and and becomes the leader that he needs to as his team exploded and, and grew. You're also going to hear about his story of where he came from nothing and built this thing and is standing back in awe. And it gets a little emotional because we were resonating together on some of the depths of some of the things we've experienced. And my belief is that you're going to hear some stuff that's going to inspire you today. So let me tell you a little bit more about this guy, George B. Thomas. He's the chief HubSpot helper at his company, George B. Thomas LLC, and he helps companies streamline and grow by using HubSpot. All the tools, he knows all the things. He is a vault of valuable information, tactics, and strategies with a record-breaking 35-plus HubSpot Academy certifications. His true passion is about being a catalyst for growth and helping others to be inspired, educated, and willing to work hard to achieve unlimited success. So he is a helper on his YouTube channel, on his podcast. Uh, he also has his, his blog called the Tactical Thoughts uh, Community Newsletter. And in his free time, he's a professional speaker, MC, husband, father, and friend. And I'm proud to call him one of my friends. So let's jump into this interview so you can feel George's energy. and. I hope it makes it contagious for you today. Well, hello there, my happy, helpful, humble HubSpot hero. How are you today, George? Oh, Angus, I am doing great. I was doing great today, and then I got to get on the show, look at your face, and realize I am doing fantabulous. <laughs> you know how many times I had, well, first of all, thank you for that compliment. And second of all, do you know how many times I had to practice the happy, helpful, humble bit? Uh, yeah, before I got on this, lot. 
The funny part is it rolls off my tongue because I've been saying it for almost 12 years now. Happy, helpful, humble human over and over and over again. Well, I made the HubSpot hero because I figured, you know, I might as well brand you, you know, for what you do. And on that note, uh, first of all, great to uh, get some time for us to chat. I want to dive into some of your story. We'll get to that. Uh, but first of all, I want to start with like, from your industry side, we just introduced HubSpot. And for those of you who are listening, you're familiar probably with Salesforce and some of the other competitors. And some people hear HubSpot and they think HubSpot was for smaller businesses. It was for the smaller things, but HubSpot's kind of grown up as have you. So how did you get into all this? Yeah, well, getting into it is a really long story, but the fact that day in, day out, I am helping people with a very powerful CRM, a customer relationship manager, an even more powerful CMS, customer management system for like websites, um, and being able to align sales, marketing, and service teams to unite and create amazing user experiences is like, how did I get here, right? So when I say, Angus, it's kind of a fluke, before this, I was a recovering youth pastor, associate pastor at church. Uh, we needed to figure out how to build a website and we wanted to start doing PowerPoint. So I started getting a little nerdy and I realized, man, I kind of like this like design thing and this development thing, which led me out of the church and into agency life, which talk about polar opposites, my goodness. But agency life, I was the guy who it was uh, de designing websites. There'd be a six pack of Coke and a pizza come in one side, a website come out the other side. And in 2012, our social media guy came running into this small agency that I was working for in Maslin, Ohio, of all places. And he said, you guys got to check out this world's largest webinar by a company called HubSpot. And the owner of the agency and I were a what by who? Like we had no clue. But we went into the conference room and we put on the webinar, and it's the first time I got to hear Mark Killens, who was like one of the beginning folks of the HubSpot Academy. We'll get back to the Academy, by the way, during this uh, podcast episode. And uh, our John, our social media guy, his fingers are on fire. He's just like burning it up because they said at the beginning of the webinar, we're going to give away 10 free tickets to the top 5% of tweeters who use the hashtag, hashtag world's largest webinar. Now the owner and I were just sitting back, feet propped up, just watching the webinar, but John's fingers are on fire. Long story short, we win two tickets to Boston in 2012. The owner and I go, I hear HubSpot say, don't call me a customer, call me human. I heard Gary Vaynerchuk for, speak for the very first time in my life. And I was like, there's something here. I want to be part of this. And more than that, I said, I want to do that, meaning I want to be on the stage. I want to educate people. I want to be part of this, what felt like a movement in 2012. And so we came back. We got HubSpot for the agency. One certification became two, became three, became six. Uh, and then all of a sudden, and I'll pause after this to see where you want to go with it. All of a sudden, I got a phone call from a man named Marcus Sheridan, who said, hey, I think you might have some talents that I could use at my company. And this is the beginning. And since then, now you've got like 432 certifications or somewhere close to that. <laughs> uh, I don't know, were you at 30 something? 
Something crazy. Uh, 42. The most I've uh, ever had because we have to research and stuff like that. I've had 42 HubSpot certifications. I'm a HubSpot accredited trainer. And I've even done HubSpot onboardings for HubSpot themselves for two years. Golly. <laughs> All right. So back to the story. Now you're working with Marcus Sheridan. My, my, my assumption, and I actually know part of the story. He said, do you want to come work with me? You said yes. And then you went on to work with him for the last many, many years. And then there were some other changes too. Like catch us yeah. up in the speed. Like you went from small agency, nobody. Yeah. To now getting on stages, working with Marcus Sheridan, who was also on stages and kind of yeah. a very known quantity. And yeah. what happened? Yeah. So let, let listen, podcast listeners, evolve leadership folks. Um, here's, here's the deal. You're about to hear some very important pieces of how this just normal guy went from an inbound zero to an inbound hero in what I would call actually a very short time frame, if you think about life in general, right? And so, by the way, when Marcus called, I thought I was being punked. I was like, nah, who is this really, right? But I end up uh, getting a job for him, and uh, I'm probably working for him maybe three or four months, and he says these words, changed my life forever. Hey, I think we should start a podcast specific to HubSpot users. What? I don't want to do a podcast. I hate my voice. Uh I don't want to, I don't really know how to start a podcast. He said, we'll figure it out because we're going to do it. And so I did it and we started what was the Hubcast. And it was the original HubSpot specific uh, user podcast. And what's funny is we did that for like six or seven months and we ended up at our first inbound. And I hate, I was like, I hate my voice. But when we got to inbound, people were like, dude, you sound like a radio announcer. And I'm like, what? Now, this is one of the key pieces that I want people to pull out. Sometimes you think that your uh, biggest weakness, what actually ends up being your largest strength. And also, I want to point this out to listeners. It started by creating content of value to a set of people that actually needed to listen. Okay. So it was shortly after that that Marcus was like, hey, I got another idea. And I'm like, well, you're just full of ideas, brother, aren't you? He's like, I think you should start. Do now, this is 2014. I think you should start making HubSpot tutorials, video tutorials. This was before everybody started saying that it was the year of video, which, by the way, was 2018, 2019, 2020. Like, so in 2014, we start making video tutorials and we start growing a YouTube channel. And all of a sudden, between the podcast and the video tutorials, there was this interesting thing that started to happen where there was a personal brand, George B. Thomas, being built inside of the sales line agency. And to the point where we would go to inbound or different events and like for the first time ever in my life, other than my family, I'd hear people be like, George B. Thomas. It's like, well, this is weird, but <laughs> I don't hate it. I don't hate it. <laughs> don't so right, so right. I worked for Marcus for about five years, ended up getting on stages, doing keynotes, all that good stuff, and then did a transition. The sales line got acquired, worked for Impact Brand and Design for a little bit, and then transitioned to Impulse Creative with Remington Begg, one of the most technical HubSpot shops out there. Uh, started a YouTube channel, zero subscribers, took it up to almost 8,000 subscribers. I worked there for five years. By the way, 8,000 subscribers on HubSpot tutorials, ladies and gentlemen, and HubSpot updates. We're not talking like magical stuff or massive community of people at that point in time. And so um, all of a sudden, we got to this point where pretty well-known brand 
uh, George B. Thomas inside of another agency. And so along the way for 10 years, Angus, the only way I can kind of paint a picture of this is I had been pulling back the slingshot of a personal brand inside of other uh, brands. And then one day I said, I'm going to start my own business. And it was like I let go of the slingshot because of all of the reciprocity, all of the value, all of the historical content, while could be taken down from the Internet, could not be taken away from their brains, just went into full bore. And now it's speaking and consulting and, you know, working from home for myself, building my own little team slash theme. We'll get into that. Um, but really living what I would call a life of my dreams, a life beyond my perceived default, if you would have asked me 10 or you know, 11 years ago where, where I could get or what I could achieve. And it's, here's the thing. I want everybody to know that it was nothing extraordinary. Like it was one podcast at a time. It was one video tutorial at a time. It was like one social interaction at a time. But the fact and what everybody needs to realize is because it was 10 years, because it was consistent, that's what makes it extraordinary. Too many people want to go viral instead of go value. Too many want it to be just immediate instead of something that is built on like a firm, longstanding foundation. When you build a brand that has the roots underneath it to stick, that's when you start to see success through significance. Come on. Come on. So I want to back in this. First of all, this is like fire. And I should expect nothing less from Mr. GBT. When we look back at that transition of you uh, going on your own, that's when you and I kind of circled the wagons. We'd known each other for some time. I'd been pestering you for some time like, dude, you want to work with me? You want to work with me? You want to work with me? And uh, suddenly... You kind of came out of the woodwork and we started talking because that's when like the rubber met the road is like, okay, I'm going to jump out. I'm going to do this thing in that transition. And you kind of glossed over that part. Yeah. Because yeah. there was some fear and trepidation, whatever. Oh. Talk to me about that jump. Yeah. So no, there wasn't fear and trepidation. Are we allowed to swear on this podcast? You can bring <laughs> like, it. Listen, I was scared <laughs> shitless. Like, Listen, I was the type of guy who always said, I'm a great number two to a great number one. I was the Robin to a Batman for years, right? Think, I said associate pastor. I didn't say pastor, right? Uh, I, I was working for Marcus. I didn't own the sales lion. Um, I worked for Remington and Rachel Begg. I didn't own Impulse Creative. I was, I was a great number two. I can bring the energy. I can bring the crowd, right? But... But to, but to have to manage people, to have to understand what LLC and S-Corp and uh, deal with accountants. No, no, no. Can I just be in my content cave being creative and building a brand? That's where I want to be. And, and here's the thing, Angus. I woke up one morning. I kid you not, as audible as it could have been without me being insane, I heard the words, you're going to regret this when you're 70 if you don't do it. And so my wife and I had a two-week conversation. She set up two rules. We have to have medical insurance, and you have to make sure there's a paycheck in the bank every two weeks like you're working a normal job. If you can figure that out, then I've, got, I've, I've always had your back. I got your back. 
Let's do this. And so we took, we, I gave Impulse Creative a 60-day notice, and we took a running start, and we jumped off this cliff of like, I don't know if this is going to work or not. Um, and it worked. And it, and it has continued to work in big ways. And, and I say this humbly, like, I thought that I would be by myself and eke out an existence and almost feel like I retired because I could just pick who I wanted to work with and make some money. That has not been the case. Like the universe has pretty much shown me you need to create something different. You need to create something special. Here are the humans that I want to be around you because now we're a, a team slash theme of 10. And uh, this is from a guy who was just going to be like by himself. Who said, I never want to manage humans. Ever. And here's the thing. Here's why we finally like circled around is I knew I'm scared. I need somebody to talk to. I need a group of people that I can bring what felt like at that point was going to be like a whole bunch of like piles of ish and wonder and like confusion and have somebody to bounce like these ideas off of and these feelings off of. And so I was like, I, I got to get involved with, with Angus and the crew. And from that, I think there's a couple things that are, I wanted to kind of dive into, you know, a, welcome aboard. Like you were such a, a, a breath of fresh air to this group in many ways as, as everybody is, they bring in their nuance, their energy, their verve, their ish, all of it. Right. So we've got this incredible guys within our apex community. This is awesome. And in that you're being nurtured yourself personally, right. With this incredible group of vulnerable and open leaders. And then second of all, you're nurturing both your new team that you're developing, some of which are family members, which creates a whole nother dynamic. And then furthermore, you're nurturing all these new clients that when you were working for somebody else, there's a different kind of attachment than when your, your, your bread is being buttered by these people staying or going. Right. And now you have to nurture them and your level of urgency, your level of care elevates and so then the third piece, and this is, this is this other cool way of nurturing is you're also helping these clients nurture their clients. So dive into this conversation around nurture for me. Yeah. I, I love this conversation because it's actually always been near and dear to my heart. And I just don't think I ever realized it because when you use the word nurture, I'll, I'll give a, you know, a combination word to that is community. Uh, a combination word to that is family. Um, a combination word to that to most professionals are, uh, I generate some leads and I need to nurture them through the funnel. Mm. And, and so, like, if you think back to my story, what I loved about HubSpot was they were saying, don't call me customer, call me human. And there's a running joke on our Hub Heroes podcast, by the way. I literally have a sound effect when I say the word humans, because for me, it's all about the humans. It's all about nurturing the humans. It's all about educating the humans. It's all about adding value to the humans. It's figuring out what hurdles do the humans have? What aspirations are they trying to achieve? And how do we diminish the gap in between those two things? 
And if we can diminish that gap, then that, my friend, is nurturing. Uh, one of the ways that I have that I do this, it's a core kind of uh, tenant, a, an expectation that I set of myself is I, I always tell myself, leave them better than you found them. So that means how do I make them smile? How do I make them feel good? How do I make them believe in themselves? And to nurture and to always leave them better than you found them, you have to be paying attention. You have to be listening. You have to be viewing. You Like I'm talking about micro expressions through verbiage and through body language and, and really trying to engage and understand through empathetic, like loving. By the way, that's another expectation. Lead with love for the humans, right? And so if you start to think about these words that I'm throwing out of like listening and engaging and empathetic and love, like when you, when those are your core tenants to do business, when those are your core tenants to live life, all of a sudden you're impacting people in a different way to the point. And this is kind of funny, haha, it's, but it's truth. My wife once said about month four, you don't have any clients. And I said, what do you mean? She said, you have friends who like to give you money because she would hear us on our meetings. And yeah, we'd be talking about business, but we'd be talking about life. We'd be talking about how we were going to generate leads, but we were going to talk about how we're going to impact those leads to get them in a better place. We weren't talking about the bottom line, right? We were talking about what's important, but that would impact the bottom line. She's like, you just got friends that pay you money. But that's because it's about relationship. It's about being human. And, and when, when all of this is bundled in a nice, happy package, that nurture thing, it becomes easy. Yeah, yeah. And this is the thing that I think so many marketers miss is giving a shit. Caring. We, well, in two ways, right? I'll, I'll get to that, but caring and yes, yes. And, and, and I've had to check myself too. You know, sometimes we put out content that if I stand back and I look at it, I'm like, we phoned that in. We, we didn't uh, try. We, we, we put something out there and we were actually in some way like begging for some attention for you to come and do a thing. And every time we do that, there's a little part of my soul that dies. Yes. But I know when I write a piece of content or I'm, I'm putting something out into the world and my heart is super transparent and vulnerable and I just share my shit. And when I do that, people respond, you know, and I've you been doing this for, you mean when you're genuine, right. people actually take notice. Oh yes. my. Right. Oh, and this is, this is a crazy thing that, you know, in this evolution of humanness, we forget that what we're actually trying to do is solve a problem. What we're actually trying to do is cure an illness. What we're actually trying to do is to help someone from where they are get to where they want to be. Yes. Whatever the product or service is. And somehow so many executives, leaders, founders forget. 
Let me just pause for a second to say this. There is one trait that you will find in every successful leader, no matter their industry, no matter their role. And that trait is action. And we want to inspire ambitious leaders like you to bet on yourself and take action on those audacious goals that you see in your heart. That's why we created our 90-day accelerator. It's a results-driven, battle-tested framework designed specifically for high-performing leaders like you to get unstuck and propel you towards your goals. And in just 90 days, you won't even recognize the person you used to be. To be a part of this elite community, go to evolveleadership.org. Now, back to the show. Well, it's it's easy, right? Life gets busy. You grow a team. All of a sudden, you start to have conversations that you didn't expect that you're going to have. I'll give you an, uh, an example of this. Uh, three days ago, I looked at my team virtual meeting, by the way. And I said, hey, just so everybody knows, the beginning of next year, we're going to start time tracking. Because until this point, we didn't have to time track. I, I, I hate time tracking. But I said, starting next year, we're going to have to time track. And one of the employees was like, uh, what you talking about, Willis? Now, that's for the old people in the room that will maybe actually get that reference. But um, he was like, hey, and I, so, so I had a pause and I go, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Cause I know that, you know, agency life and I know you've heard this before. And I know the narrative that you heard this around before is because some agency owner was trying to squeeze 70% utilization rate out of you so that they could be more optimized, be more profitable and buy more cars and toys and stuff. And it would make you mad as an employee. I get that. That's not where I'm coming from. I need to know how much to build the clients to give you the space to be creative, to build something better than anybody else will build. So I'm not tracking your time because of you. I'm tracking the time so I can give the best to others. And immediately you saw a light sting, ding, 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 go off to the entire team like, oh, yeah, 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 that makes sense. But see, it's because paying attention to the micros, the the way that they move, the facial expressions, realizing how you have to tell the story of why you're truly cast the vision of where you're going, why you're doing it. And so many leaders, it's just like, here's my agenda. Let me run through my agenda so I can get back to my office and drink my coffee and clock out for the day. Because by the way, I'm a leader, but I'm still not an owner. And then we get lost in the weeds. I did it today with one of my team members where I forgot. I wanted something done when I woke up this morning and it wasn't done. He said he was going to work on it. And I just assumed that's it. I'll wake up in the morning and it's done. He had some, some stuff happen in his life. Good stuff, by the way, really, really good stuff. And he Put it off until uh, today, you know, another day later. Um, and so I get on Slack and I'm like, hey, where's that thing about that thing? He's like, well, I didn't realize it was urgent. I didn't realize you needed it done. I'm like, but you said you were working on it. He's like, well, yeah, I said I was going to get to it, but I was reprioritize it because of this other thing that entered my life. And I don't want to be the micromanager. That's not my leadership style at all. 
and people can do what they want to do with their time. I don't care how you use your time. I just want to see you produce whatever it is that you're signed. And suddenly I'm drilling him down for an expectation of something I didn't clarify. And so he came back at me and said, you didn't say this was urgent and you didn't say when you needed this done. And I was like, ouch, yeah. you're right. You're, you're, you're bumping right. into, yeah, you're bumping into one of my, uh, and by the way, I've used this word a couple of times, um, expectations. Like listeners, if you're listening to this, do you know what you expect from yourself? Because for a lot of my years, I didn't. But when I started to figure out, here's what I expect out of myself, uh, it's like the code to living life at this point. And, and Angus, it's funny because one of the expectations is to have zero expectations of others. And one of the things when I get in scenarios like that, because I've had my daughter, who's part of my theme, ask me, hey, they didn't get it to you when they said they'd get it to you. Why are you not frustrated? Like, I'm frustrated. Why are you not frustrated? And I'm like, listen, it'll come when it's supposed to come. Like, I'm not in control. I have ideas. They'll get here. And yes, don't get me wrong. There's client timelines. It have to be client timelines when you're in an agency. But there is, uh, and people will know this, right? But Bruce Lee is like, empty your mind. Be formless, shapeless, like water. If you put water into a cup, it becomes the cup. You put water into a bottle, it becomes the water. Like, I want to be the water. I don't want to be the wall. I want to be something that can move, not be rigid. Right. Water becomes and the so, bottle. Yeah. 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 And so, and, and so ending up being setting expectations and knowing what the expectations of me in my life are. And in return, having zero expectations for those who are around me. Now, don't get me wrong. Do I have hopes for them? Yes. Do I have dreams for them? Yes. Will I help them get where they're trying to go? Yes. But zero expectations. Yeah. This is the nurture, right? So now we turn the nurturing into nurture our own team. And here's the last piece I want to take on this nurture trail is nurturing self. So part of you getting to be a part of this community here at Evolve Leadership, part of you starting something that we'll talk about in just a little bit, um, this essence of another community, the beyond your default, uh, this new initiative that you stepped into. But all of this came about, I believe, on some level, because I believe life prepares you for what life has prepared for you. And your beginnings prepared you to give a shit about people. And I want to back up in the story to that little boy in Montana in that single room house. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, listen, I'll go there. But I love the thing that you said about life preparing you. I, I don't know if there's many other humans out there that can say, uh, went from a, uh, bouncer at a bar to a pastor at a church. Like, I don't know if, the, I don't know if people have done that. I don't know if there's too many people that can say that when they were three years old, they lived in Lincoln, Montana in a one room log cabin, no running water, uh, bathing in the stream. I don't know if there's a lot of people uh, out there that are still pre-internet that rode a pony to a one-room schoolhouse in Spring Hill, Montana. Uh, I don't know if there's a lot of people by 17 had been told they would never amount to anything and were a high school dropout. I don't know if there's many people out there that at 17 and a half joined the Navy 
89 people joined our boot camp. 29 of us graduated. I don't know if there's many people out there that started breaking out in hives and got honorable discharge because they couldn't figure out what was going on. I just don't know if there's many people out there that have been given the gift of my life, the hurdles, the hustles, the hills, the valleys, all of the things that have turned me into who I am. And that's why I can say the things I can say. That's why I believe the things that I believe is that I have been being prepared for the entire journey to be exactly where I'm at, doing exactly what I'm doing. And when you understand that and you take that historical reflection and realize that it's not going to be any different on the other side, then fear and anxiety and stress while they're still there, are not as maximum forces as most humans have to deal with. Because you realize you're on a journey. You're going to get to the final destination. You have some choices to make, the pivots and transitions to get you there. But if you build the core philosophies and principles, here's the thing, Angus, the reason that I am so hell-bent on nurturing, the reason I'm so hell-bent on helping people grow is that for most of my life, I was what you would call, uh, well, we'll call it broke. Like, we just didn't have financial success. You know, we You we were broker lived, than broke. You were we, broke ass. <laughs> listen, brother, when I joke about government rice and cheese, I'm not joking. Mm. Like, mm. so... All my life or most of my young adult life and even young childhood life, I was like, man, I don't I don't want to hand out. I just want to hand up. Like, can I get a hand up somewhere? HubSpot was that hand up. Marcus Sheridan was that hand up. Working at Impulse Creative and learning the things that I learned was that hand up. So why am I nurturing as many humans as possible? Because I just want to give them a hand up. I just want to help them get out of what's got them stuck. Help them get to the place that they belong. Help them believe in their self and their own magical journey. Like, that's what I'm doing here. It, it's masquerading as marketing. <laughs> but it's actually mentorship. It's yeah. masquerading as education. But it's actually preaching. And that brings me to, come on, Ugh. let me pull it together here a second. I might need a minute too, brother. Because <laughs> this, is, this is the thing as leaders that we forget, is that we're in a position to lead, meaning it is our job to help people up. It is to help them be more successful. It is to help them get that next role, that next job, that next promotion, that next raise. It is not our job to be critical and tearing them down and telling them why they're not this and why they're not that. Our job as leaders is a position of power to bring increase to those around us, to come from this place of abundance, source, supply, overflow, and we pour that into the people around us. And if we can't take the hit, if we can't take those challenges, it's an opportunity for us to get stronger. It was Jim Rohn that said, don't pray that life would be easier. Pray that you would get stronger. Yes. 
And what yeah, if every challenge quote. we face, right? Yeah, there's is about a quote getting I stronger. love. Yeah, Angus, there's a quote I love. Sorry to, to dive in there, but you totally made me think of, um, and it's been really impactful for me. It's um, if you do what is easy in life, life will be hard. But if you do what's hard in life, life will be easy. And see, what's funny about that is like, it's easy to say, I'm going to embrace the hard things in life so that they'll get easier. And that's literally what we're doing right now. We're embracing the hard things. We're tackling the hard things, which by the way, if you think Mm. about that quote, if you do what is easy in life, life will be hard. If you do what's hard in life, it'll be easy. That sure sounds like the narrow path to me. Mm. The narrow path is hard to find. It's hard to journey. There's, there's going to be fewer people on it. But that's the place to be. Like, that's the road to success. That's the road to your future is like through that hard, narrow path that you need to go through. And the other thing, Angus, when you talked about leadership, I get all excited because too many people, when you hear the word leadership, you think you have to be in the front. Mm. And I'm going to tell you right now, the truest of leaders is always in the back. Because if you're in the front looking back at your team, how can you be looking forward and have vision to where you're going? Yeah. But if you're behind your team, now you can see what's coming. And you can help them go the right direction to miss the missiles. Head them in the right direction to get the victories. So you started a... a side hustle in and among starting a new business. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and said, let me take this little spark. Let me blow on it. Let me, yeah. f- you know, kind of see what I can do to get this flame going. And you created beyond your default. Yeah. I listened to one of your shows as I was coming back from the States in the plane. And my heart resonated with the fact that the whole reason why we do what we do is so that people don't live by default. They don't settle for their lot. Today I was conversing with an old friend who's been at a job for 10 years and he was uh, getting the end of the year. And I was like, Hey, are you ready for you know, some vacation time, some, some time to relax now and take the foot off the gas. And he's like, Oh no, no, I got my colleagues are stepping out. My management's doing this and this. So I actually have a push till the end of the year. I'm like, well, why is that? He's like, well, we just have some perspectives of this, this, and then he went on to explain all this stuff. And I was like, you know, that's abuse, right? Because his leaders were dumping all this stuff on him. And his defense was, look, I'm loyal. I'm going to get it done. I'm like, loyalty is not a reason for enabling abuse. He's like, abuse is just part of life. I'm like, no, it is not. And I don't know who told you that. And I was like, bro, we need to jump on a call and chat because whatever you've settled in your mind to think that this is normal. And this is what happens if we isolate ourselves from growth. So we won't do the hard things. We're going to try and keep easy. Let me just, I don't want to rock the boat. Let me just, you know, stay the path. And then we stay at this job for three years, five years, seven years, 10 years. And then we're, we're dead inside and we don't know how we got here. And it's by living in the default. In the default, in the stuck, 
it's it's so crazy. I love that you're bringing this uh, this conversation of growth up because in in my journey, I realized that growth has come in the times of discomfort. Um, my God, the God I serve, uses hammers and chisels to shape me into who I need to become, not toilet paper and tissue. And so the days that I try to stay in safety are the days that I know I'm not headed in the right direction. And so it's funny because this beyond your default, um, it's always been an idea. When I was playing the number two game, it's been an idea. I even tried to start it before, did like three episodes and then like punked out like, nah, nah, maybe not. And um, it's funny because when I turned like 52, I decided it was time to put my mentor hat on. It was time to put on my air quotes preacher hat on again. And it came out of actually what had been going on the past 10 years helping people with HubSpot. And what I mean by that, Angus, is when you're trying to teach people how to market like a human, sell like a human, service like a human, run a business like a human, everything that I had been teaching around HubSpot for 10 years was predicated on the fact that you were a good human. And I came to the realization that not everybody wants to be a good human. Not everybody has had the historical uh, ability to be grown up to be a good human. And frankly, a lot of people don't even know what the hell that means. What do you mean a good human? That's so untangible. And so beyond your default, while it's a side hustle, it's a, it's a business out of me starting a business, which by the way, my content strategist loves to joke with me now. Like I'm afraid when you go to sleep, cause you might wake up and start a new business. This, <laughs> this beyond your default is fully out of that 10 years of realizing, okay, I've been teaching people about HubSpot. I've been teaching humans how to use HubSpot, but maybe I just need to help humans be better humans. And that is what Beyond Your Default is. It is the stories, the life that I've lived, the one room uh, you know, schoolhouse, it's the one room log cabin, it's the being called nothing and that I'd never amount to anything and dropping out of school. It's, you know, having 17 different jobs. It's, you know, being in the ministry, it's being in the bar. It's, it's just, it's, it's almost dying three times. Right. Um, I just have a very unique story and I would hate to get to the end of my road and be saddened by the fact that I didn't share the lessons learned. And so the podcast is actually a book that will be written one episode at a time. The newsletter is our way to dive even deeper in the conversations that we're having on the podcast. And we're just starting to build this community where if you feel stuck or you feel like you're a high performer, but you, you I've always been destined for something. I just don't know what <laughs> you're a little confused by life. That these are these are the tribe. These are the people that I want to, as I get old and gray, you know, have to pick up a cane. These are the people that I want to nurture. It's it's the it's the up and comers, right? It's the young whippersnappers that don't know life before the internet. Um, this is who I'm trying to be like, yo, I know what feels this way. I know it looks this way, but it doesn't have to, because you can live a life. Beyond your default. And I think there's some people who 
were before the internet generation who also need this message. George B. Thomas. Dude, thanks for hanging out. Thanks for bringing all of you. Thanks for being you. Yes. Uh, Angus, thanks for the opportunity. Um, it has been a joy sitting here, sharing, um, being passionate. Watch you be passionate about me being passionate. I, I don't know how many people will get to watch this if you're listening to it. I wish you could watch it, um, but it's an, been an amazing journey, brother. As we wrap up another episode of Evolve Leadership, thank you so much for taking time to invest in you. If there's to be any sustainable growth in your company or even in your relationships, you must grow first. And it's what I love to do for leaders, to help them grow, to challenge their thinking, sharpen self-awareness, to instill an unshakable confidence, and ultimately upgrade their sense of self. And we do this through our proprietary method called Agile EQ+, where we're leveraging agile leadership and emotional intelligence. We provide our signature training for individuals and for businesses, we've designed a unique curriculum for company-wide learning and development. If you'd like to learn more about our training or to schedule a call, you can simply go to evolveleadership.org. And until next time, stay driven, keep climbing, and never stop evolving. Oh, 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 oh,